0: So I'm curious here today. Um, as you know, or you may not know, we've been going through this series. It's been a little bit of a different series than normal. We've been looking at some really tough questions and even doubts that we have. For honest, we've had them. And, and maybe they've been questions and doubts that we just felt we couldn't share. We couldn't share publicly because we, were, we didn't want to be judged. We didn't want to feel shame because we might have some questions or we might have some doubts. Can I remind you that this place, First Baptist, we encourage those questions. We encourage those doubts to be shared. We encourage those dialogues and those conversations to happen. Because you're not alone in this. I guarantee you, whatever tough question, whatever doubt you're experiencing, I guarantee you someone else has or is currently struggling or dealing or wrestling with that. We're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to do it in community. And we're meant to be vulnerable. We're meant to carry and share each other's burdens. How can we do that? If we feel we can't share some things that we just don't want to be judged on because we might have this question. I've been encouraged by this series. It's just, it's been a different one for me to tackle. Um, I hope you've been encouraged. Maybe it's giving you some different understanding or perspectives um, behind some of these stuff and some of these ones I haven't been able to really fully answer it, and, but some of them I, I've been able to give you decent answers and some practical application to it as well. So today, as we go into this study, as we look into God's Word, I'm curious. I wonder how many of you have a bad habit? That you, there's something that goes on in your life that you wish you didn't do. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's a behavior, maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's advice, maybe it's a struggle, but there's just something that you you constantly are dealing with and you've tried to break that habit. You've tried to overcome that struggle, but you just can't seem to break it. You just can't seem to overcome it. I wonder how many of you have experienced that. Like, I wonder how many of you, maybe at some point in your life or in that struggle, you've prayed. And you prayed out to God and say, God, would you please help me stop this? Please help me stop. Please help me change this. And in the process of all wanting to stop doing that, whatever that is for you, maybe you've even negotiated with God. We all have, right? Maybe you've negotiated with God and you said to him and say, okay, if you will, if you will break this from me, if you will allow me to stop, I won't again. I won't ever do it again. And maybe you prayed. Maybe you made a promise. And maybe you did stop for a little while though. But then unfortunately you fell back into the very thing that you don't want to do. You want to change. You try to change. You've asked God to help you to change. But it didn't work. Or it didn't happen. Or you haven't been able to stop whatever that is. So the question that you might be struggling with, and the question I'm going to tackle here today, is this, why can't I stop? What's going wrong whenever you want to stop something? You, you want to change a behavior, but you just you can't seem to do it. And I would suggest that in most cases when we experience that, there are a lot of people that have the right intentions, but they actually have the wrong strategy. In most cases, That's what's going on. We all have the right intentions. We want to stop whatever that is. We want to overcome that bad habit, that struggle, that vice, that behavior, that attitude, whatever it is. We want to stop. We have the right intentions. It just seems we have the wrong strategy to go about doing it, right? What you're trying to do is you're trying to change, but you're actually trying to change in the wrong way. And as we dive into this message here today, I want to start by acknowledging, unfortunately, that this message is going to be a little bit um, incomplete. And I apologize for that. There's no way with the time that we have here today that I could fully and completely address a full theology of change. And when you ask, why haven't I changed? I would say there would be probably multiple factors working against you that actually keep us stuck in the lifestyle that often we would like to live in a much different way. For example, and I'll show you some of the factors that could be playing into why you can't change. And then we'll get to the root factor, the root issue of probably why you can't change. So there are some legitimate factors in play here. One of them is a practical reasons. That's one factor, practical reasons, that we find it difficult to change because of practical reasons. Why do I always eat the wrong food? Why do I seem to, when I stop, you know, binging on donuts, and then I see one, and I haven't eaten for a while, and I eat one, and then all of a sudden I've eaten like 20. Why do I always eat the wrong food? Well, because you have access to it. That's a practical reason you have access to it. That's a practical element in the factor. Why do I always ever sleep every morning? Well, it could be because you might be binge-watching binge Netflix, or maybe you're scrolling through social media until like 2 in the morning. And if you don't set your alarm, there's a practical reason why many of us don't change. That's one factor. Another factor is emotional reasons as well. We all have some sort of emotional wounds, right? Or baggage. Or unresolved issues that lead us to coping and, and experiencing and living in unhealthy ways. So there's an emotional side to it that could be a factor of why you're not changing. Another possible factor is relational issues as well. In other words, it's really hard to get healthy when you consistently surround yourself with unhealthy people. That's a good reason, right? You're around the wrong people, and it's almost impossible to live the right life when you're consistently surrounded by those wrong people. Why don't we change? Well, it could be practical. Some practical reasons there. There could be an emotional element to it. There could be a relational element to it, or there could be physical reasons why we don't change. Meaning this, some are stronger in some areas, and we're just more vulnerable in other areas. We might have bad neural pathways. We might have a chemical imbalance. When we talk about change, there's a lot of complications to it. But... I believe at the very heart of this issue, almost every single time, I would argue it's a spiritual challenge of why you aren't changing. At the heart of the reason why most people can't change, the root issue is often a spiritual issue. And what happens is this, many people, whether they're a believer or not, it doesn't matter. They're trying to meet spiritual needs with something besides God. The reality is we are all spiritual beings. Whether you're a believer in Christ or not, we all have these spiritual needs. And one of the major root issues is that we are trying to meet these spiritual needs with something Besides God. And there's this void, right? There's this longing, there's this feeling, there's this sense of an emptiness, right? That we experience in our life. They're looking for something to meet that need. To fill that void with something besides God. Which leads them into a destructive lifestyle. So we're going to talk about the spiritual element of change. Here today. Why can't you change? For so many, the reasons you can't change is because you're focusing on the poison of religion and forgetting the power of God's grace. Let me say that again. One of the, one of the many reasons is you don't change is because you're focusing on the poison of religion and you're forgetting the power of grace. Some may say poison of religion, like, what is that? Aren't you religious, Bill? Like, this is a church service that I'm tuning into. Aren't you religious, Bill? And I would actually have to say to you, if you're thinking that or asking that, actually, not at all. Not at all. I'm not. In the world today, when people think of a religious person, they might think of a Christian or someone that goes to church. But the root word of religion is actually something I don't want to have anything to do with. What is religion? What is this poison of religion? Well, this is what it is. Religion is our attempt to earn God's approval by following all the rules. That's what religion is. Some of you, that might relate to you right now. Where now you're thinking, oh man, I've just been reliving a religious life by trying to do all the right things, by following all the rules. Can I fill you on a secret? I struggle with that. I have to try to catch myself because I have that mentality of just being right or doing the right thing or following the rules, right? Religion is our attempt to earn God's approval by following all the rules. It's our attempt To please God. To earn his love by following and obeying the law. Essentially, it's this. It's what religion is. Essentially, it's this. It's our attempt to please God without God. That's what that is. The reason you can't change, maybe, is you're trying to change by religion and not by grace. In fact, I want to show you one of the most powerful verses that you probably don't know. There are an amazing amount of powerful verses that you probably do know, but I want to show you a verse that you, there's a possibility you may not know, and this speaks directly to how God helps us change, and it's found in the book of Titus, small little book near the end of the New Testament, and this it's what it says here in Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 11. We read this. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. I've just got to pause there just for a moment and say that this is the most amazing news that you will hear. The grace of God offers salvation to all people. If you are a follower of Jesus, you likely know that you're not made right with God. (laughs) You know, you're not made right with God by your works, by religious efforts, by your best attempts, but you're made right with God by the grace of God through faith. Our sins are forgiven by grace. We are saved By grace, through faith. And that grace makes salvation available to anybody. So what is grace then? What is that? What does that even mean? What does that even look like? The Greek word that's translated as grace is the word chasis. It's chasis. And it means this, the unmerited goodwill and favor of God. The unmerited goodwill and favor of God. Of God, meaning this, it's unearned. And it's always a gift. And, and it's something you can never be good enough to earn. You can't do enough good works to even deserve it. It's always a gift, and we're saved by that grace. It's the grace of God that changes us. And we need to understand this that the grace that saves you is also the grace that sustains you. That same grace that forgives you is the exact same grace that will transform you, will carry you, will strengthen you, will change you, will sustain you. And I want to show you the power of God's grace in this verse one more time. Why can't you change? For the grace of God has, offered, has appeared that offers salvation to all people, It teaches us to say no. What does it teach us to say no? God's grace, this grace, it teaches us to say no. Say no to what? Glad you asked. God's grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. It teaches us to say no to worldly passions. It teaches us to say no to these things and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, let that sink in just for a moment. What does it do? It as in God's grace. It teaches us to say no to something that's displeasing to God. It teaches us to say no Or to deny our worldly passions. It teaches us to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life. Now, what is it, what is the it that teaches us to live this life that glorifies God? What is it? Well, let me tell you what it's not first. It's not the rules. It's not the law. I'm not talking about the laws that we have in our society and talk about the law when we look at god's word it's not the rules it's not the law it's not religion it's not trying to do the right thing what it is is it's the grace of god what enables you to say no is not your grit it's god's grace what enables you to say no is not your strength It's God's spirit. It's his grace. The grace that saves you is also the grace that will sustain you. And the challenge is we're often focusing on the wrong thing, right? Why can't I change? Well, it's because maybe we're focusing on the poison of religion and, and we're forgetting about the power of God's grace. So why have I not been able to overcome this thing that continues to haunt me? Why can't I stop? Why can't I change? And what I want to do is I want us to look at and talk about how God actually changes us by his grace. How does the grace of God change us? Well, what I want us to do is we're going to contrast religion and grace. And we're going to watch how God uses his grace to change us and conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. So let's contrast, starting with the focus. What is the focus of religion? Well, the focus of religion is always outward. Outward. The focus of religion is always outward, right? It's what other people see, right? It's an outward effort to be right with God. Jesus talked about how dangerous and actually ineffective, an outward-focused life is. If you have your Bibles, again, let's flip at the beginning of the New Testament and go into Matthew and listen to what Jesus says about this dangerous way to live our life if it's an outward-focused life. And he says this, Matthew 23, verses 25 and 26, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, He says, you hypocrites. Now listen to this. He says, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgent. He says, first, clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. What is the problem here, according to this passage, according to what Jesus is saying? Why can't I change For some, it's this spirit of religion that we are living in. Religion focuses on the outward, but grace, but the power of grace is always inward. See the contrast there? The focus of religion is always outward, but the power of grace, its focus is always inward. Religion focuses on what other people see, Grace works inside of us. Listen to how Paul talks about this in Ephesians 3, 16. And this is what he says. He says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, his grace, that he will empower you with what? Inner strength through his spirit. Religion. Religion. It focuses on the outward, but God's grace focuses on what's inward. And it has to be a change that's been born on the inside. And here's the difference in all that. It cannot be a change of outward behavior. It has to be a change of the heart. If you simply change your behavior, thinking that you will stop whatever it is that you want to stop, but you don't change your heart... What happens? What happens if that's your strategy? I will just try to change my outward behavior and not change my heart. What will happen? Here's Here's what will happen. That behavior, that struggle, that vice, whatever it is, that behavior comes back. It comes back. That's why so many people don't change. Because real and lasting change is a reflection of God's grace on the inside. So let's look at that difference. The focus of religion is outward. It's what other people see. It's what we show them. But the focus of grace is inward. It's what the work of the Spirit is doing inside of us as we pursue God. Let's look at another difference. What does religion say versus what grace says? And both of them say completely different things. This is what religion says will say to you. This is what you will hear in your mind if, religion, if you're hearing religion. Religion says this. Religion says, try harder. If you hear that in your head, that's religion. It's this idea that you need to do better. You need to stop. Religion says, try harder. But what does grace say? If religion says, try harder, grace says, trust more. See the contrast? See that major difference? Religion says, try harder. It's all about your outward effort. But grace says, trust more. It's more of that inward working. Religion says, try harder. Grace says, trust more. In other words, it's it's saying this. I'm not trying in my power, but I'm relying on God's power. That's what that means. And this is the way that Paul phrased it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's, what, that's when Paul got it. Remember, he was struggling with this thorn in the flesh. He had prayed three times, and I mentioned it just recently that I don't think it was just three separate times, like, I'm going to pray at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think this was three different seasons of prayer. And he prayed, God, take this from me. And God didn't. And then God revealed that to him about his grace. That's when Paul got it. He's thinking, and now he's thinking, and now he's saying, you know what? I'm not strong when I'm strong. But when I'm weak and God's grace is perfected in me, that's when God is strong through me. That's how I actually change. I'm not trying harder, but I'm trusting more. Here's where I hope it all starts to come together for you. When you really trust God's grace, that he loves you and you're right with him, not by what you do or you don't do, but it's his unmerited favor and love that he gives to you. And when you trust that, you know, when you, tr- when you trust that he always loves you and that his grace sustains you, it's from that point of this spiritual security and strength that you can actually start being honest. You can, you can be honest now. You don't have to be a hypocrite. That Jesus was referring to as the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, right? You don't have to show one One thing, when you know on the inside there's something entirely different going on, when you know that same grace that saves you, is the grace that sustains you and transforms you, you can actually be honest. You can be honest with God. You can be honest with actually other people. Right? Confession to God is a valuable and needed and powerful thing. Confession to other people. It's got value and power at a different level, I think. So why does this even matter? Because you are only as strong as you are honest. Right? When you recognize that same grace that saves you, it's it's that grace that sustains you and transforms you and carries you, then you can be honest enough to take what's been in the dark and bring it into the light. And that's when change really starts to happen. Because whatever you keep in the dark, guess what? It doesn't get healed. Can I let you in on something? Sin grows best in the dark. It can't grow in the light, it, it is best grown in the dark. But when you recognize the same grace that saves you is that grace that sustains you and transforms you, man, that makes a big difference. And I just want to pause just for a quick moment here because we'll come to the point of this message that for some would be the moment of truth for you where you might need to make a decision on something that you need to decide here. maybe that decision is you know what i don't want to pretend anymore i don't want to fake it anymore i don't want to just live a religious life claiming that that's christ living through me but i want to be honest i want to be transparent i want to be different i want to experience change And it's incredibly risky, right, to be vulnerable about any part of your life that you're not proud of. And the only way you can really do, the only way you can really do it is when you're secure in that grace of God. And then when you have that, then you have the courage to say, you know what, I need help. I need help. And if there's a secret that you've been carrying, maybe a shame that you've been hiding, chances are you probably have a problem and you need some sort of help, and you need change. And this is the moment to confront it head on. If you've experienced the grace of God, the same grace that saves you, it will carry you, it will strengthen you, it will sustain you, it will transform you, then you can admit it, and you, can ha- and you have to admit it. Because you cannot correct what you, don't, what you won't confront in your life. So why can't I stop? Why can't I change? Whatever it is, stress eating, um, scrolling through your, on your phone for hours maybe, overspending, whatever it is. The reason would be, and I can't tell you completely because it is complicated, but what I do know is that the root problem is probably a spiritual issue. In most cases, you're probably trying to live by this poison of religion instead of being transformed by the power of God's grace. And at a much deeper level, why is it that you're trying so hard to find something to ease that pain? Because deep down, there's very likely a spiritual issue where you don't trust God. And you fear the loss of control in your life. Here at the root is so often the problem. You're trying to meet a need or relieve a hurt with something besides God's grace. You're trying to meet a need or you're trying to relieve some pain or some hurt with something besides God's grace race so what do you do when you try to stop and you try to change and the problem doesn't go away the voice inside of you might you might be hearing right now it says do better do better try harder be smarter and anytime you hear that remember this If that's what you're hearing, then you're focusing on the poison of religion and you're forgetting about the power of God's grace. We're not here to try harder or do better or be smarter. But we're here to trust and to trust more. We're going to put our trust not in our grit, not in our experiences not in our knowledge but in god's grace if you're ready for some good news paul gives it in romans 5 and he says this he says but where sin increased grace increased all the more what an amazing good news right wherever there is more sin he is saying there's more grace than that. The good news is this. His grace is always enough. It's exactly what you need. So you don't change by trying harder. You change by trusting more. You don't change by focusing on what the outside behavior is, but you let the power of the grace of God do something only the grace of God can do inside you and change you from the inside out. Because the grace that saves you is the exact same grace that sustains you, that carries you, that strengthens you, that transforms you. God's grace doesn't just forgive you from sin, but His grace also frees you from sin. The good news is this God's grace is available. To all to bring salvation. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this reminder of the power of your grace. Lord, if we're struggling with something in our lives, like a habit that we've been trying to break and it's just not happening, we're not, why, you know, we're trying to stop something and we're not stopping it. We want to change, but we're not changing. Thank you for the reminder of how we can experience change. It's not by trying harder. It's not about thinking smarter. It's about trusting more. It's about the power of your grace that not only saves us, but it sustains us. It transforms us. It strengthens us. So Lord, I pray as we struggle maybe with something in our life, maybe this is a good wake-up call, a reminder, or a new revelation, maybe we're focusing on the wrong thing. Maybe we're focusing on this idea of religion, right? Trying to follow all the rules. Trying to change by changing our behavior and trying harder. But the only time we will start to experience change, like real lasting change, is by recognizing and receiving and allowing the power of your grace To do what only your grace can do inside of us. Because that's where it starts. It does not start on the outside. It starts on the inside. So Lord, help us with this. This is going to be a struggle. This is going to be a journey for all of us. But let us not forget about the power of your grace that is available to us. We pray this in your name.